Welcome back to Above the Yellow Line. My name is Taylor Kitchen, and let's get right into our results of the Daytona 500. A 13-car crash in the second overtime is what ended the race under caution. Stenhouse was just barely ahead of Logano and was named the victor of the 500. This snaps a 199 winless streak for Stenhouse. That is the fourth longest winless streak in NASCAR Cup Series history. Putting this into context, his last win came from Daytona in the summer of 2017. A lot of you think this is maybe a surprise winner. I don't think it is at all. He's always in the mix at these super speedways, whether he's wrecking people out or whether he has a decent finish. Today, the cards played in his favor. I kind of equate it to a Michael McDowell win at the 500. It was bound to happen, and it happened this year. Stenhouse now, of course, locks himself into the round of 16 in the playoffs. He will be fighting for a championship. Here are the rest of your finishing results. Stenhouse in first, obviously. Logano second, Bell third, Busher fourth, Bowman fifth, Almendinger 6th, Suarez 7th, Blaney in 8th. I don't know how he did it with the card that he had, but somehow, someway, Blaney managed and he started off his season on the right foot. Exactly what that team needed after a decent season last year, but a winless season last year, minus the All-Star Race. The ninth is Ross Chastain, and in 10th in his Daytona 500 and Cup Series debut, we have Riley Herbst. Two guys I gotta mention are the two open cars of the veteran driver Jimmy Johnson, and then we also have Travis Pastrana. Pastrana was so close to a top 10 finish, unfortunately, in that last overtime wreck, he got spun out. And then Jimmy Johnson was so close to a top 10 finish and then got wrecked out on one of the overtime restarts. He finished in the 28th position, but luckily this is not the last time we'll see Jimmy Johnson this season. As for Travis Pastrana, we're not sure if he's going to do more cup races, but he is interested in doing more truck races. First thing to discuss is the commercials, and I'm on your side here saying there were way too many. Thing we have to understand, though, from a broadcast perspective and a revenue perspective is that is how NASCAR makes its money. Obviously, we're hoping with a new TV deal, something changes there in some way, shape, or form. But with the biggest race of the year, it is critical that NASCAR brings in ad revenue to pay their drivers, their teams, whatever it may be. So we have to understand as fans, though it sucks, that's how NASCAR is making the bulk of its money. However, I would love to see more side-by-side -side commercials, except, you know, the first major caution of the day was a side-by-side -side commercial, and we didn't go back to, like, the main event until it felt like five minutes later. It was probably just three minutes, but it was ridiculous. So I'm on your side here saying the commercials are insane. They gotta get fixed. But I don't know how. One of the major gripes I have about this race happened with the first overtime with Kyle Busch and Austin Dillon. RCR made a decision there that I don't personally understand and I don't think a lot of us understood at home either watching the race. With about three to go in the race before the first overtime, it looked like Kyle Busch was going to finally be a Daytona 500 winner. Then it appeared Torres spun out and then we went into an overtime finish. And at that moment, I was mad for Kyle Busch. I know Kyle Busch was mad. In 1998, he said on his radio, that would have been the win. If you just raced back to the flag, he would have been your victor of the Daytona 500. But now how we do the overtime restarts, we were going back racing a green-white checker restart. At that point, you would have thought, well, Kyle Busch would have lined up just right in front of Austin Dillon. They would have pushed each other to the victory. But what they did instead is Kyle Busch took the high line, Austin Dillon took the low line, and they went on the restart, and then Kyle Busch went in front of Austin Dillon. In my opinion, what they should have done is they should have controlled both the lanes until the final lap, where then Kyle Busch, if he was able to, went in front of Austin Dillon and he pushed him to the win. I'm not sure why they did that crossover as the green flag waved. I'm not sure why he just didn't wait until that last lap. 
up. But for me, that is what lost RCR the war. They had a great weekend. Kyle Busch, though he did get wrecked out in the duel and had to go to a backup car, showed incredible speed. Austin Dillon was pretty speedy all weekend long. They had the Daytona 500 in their back pocket. We're not able to do it, though. And all this to say, if we would have been green until the end before Suarez spun out, this would have been a classic Daytona 500 that would probably be one of my favorites I've ever watched. It was a battle between the Fords of RFK and the Chevys of RCR battling for that 500 win. That would have been poetic. Unfortunately, though, it did not happen. And with those two overtime finishes, that made this the longest Daytona 500 in NASCAR Cup Series history. It's time to wrap up this recap by naming our filter time MVP and by writing this race above or below the yellow line. The filter time MVP has to be Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I mean, that single car team getting themselves a Daytona 500 victory and locking themselves into the round of 16 trying to fight for a championship. That's a Cinderella story if I've ever heard it. So Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and that team getting the filter time MVP award of the week. For the race rating itself, I'm going to be looking at what I saw when I was able to see the race as opposed to commercials, not the commercial piece of it in my enjoyment of the race overall because of that aspect of things. But I got to say the product on the track was actually really entertaining. Of course, things got a little messy near the halfway point and definitely to the end, but it was very exciting. The thing that I will say again that killed the momentum of this race for me was that we didn't go green until the end. We had that spin out. I think myself, maybe you can agree with me. That's what did this race in just a little bit. Otherwise, it was one of the best 500s I think I've seen in years. I got to give this race a 75%, making it above the yellow line. So those were our fast thoughts of the race. What did you think of the Daytona 500 though? Leave your comments below and make sure to like this video. Also make sure to check us out on all our social media platforms. Links in the description below, plus a promo code for your first order on the Filter Time website. Make sure to tune into the ATYL live stream on Facebook and YouTube on Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll have a very special guest, Brayton Laster, on the show, so make sure to join us then. But thank you all for tuning in to our Fast Thoughts today on the Daytona 500, and until next time, I'll see ya. Want more awesome NASCAR content? Make sure to watch these videos on the screen right here. And a very special thank you to Dom Joseph for covering the action for us at Daytona.